This is the Ruby on Rails podcast, and I'm your correspondent, Rob Stevenson, from the Columbus Ruby Brigade. And I have a great interview for you today. I'm talking with Josh Sherbaum and Dan Mangus from J.P. Morgan Chase, a trillion-dollar banking company that is the largest IT shop here in Columbus, Ohio. And believe it or not, Josh and Dan are really doing Rails in the enterprise. For those of you in small companies, this is not for the faint of heart. But I asked Josh if he could describe the organizational structure that his team is under. Yes, uh, we work for Chase Retail Lending, which is a uh, subsidiary of J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. We work in the Infrastructure and Operations Group, uh, which is responsible for the production environment for all the retail uh, home mortgage applications. Within that Infrastructure and Operations, basically we're an aberration because we're the only application development team. Um, There's three of us. We're all uh, developers, but yet at at the same time we uh, interface with another corporation inside the bank called GTI, which is for Global uh, Technology Infrastructure, as well as uh, a subsidiary group of that called ICTO. Uh, which handles a uh, line of business specific uh, infrastructure. Uh, they handle databases, application servers, uh, everything that's not your application. So basically 37 million signals. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you talked about the two ways to do Rails in the enterprise. Uh, can you describe both of them and tell us why you chose the one that you did? Sure. You know, the first way, and uh, the, really it's, it's a way that I uh, ripped off of uh, the Pragmatic Programmer site, and he's got a great set of slides on there called Ruby Insurgency, where it talks about uh, using Ruby to get in the door by using it to control your, your build process, and then you use it for your testing structure, and then you use it for your application development. And finally, once you've proven that Ruby can handle the entire uh, gamut of the application lifecycle, then you start building applications you know with Ruby um, and then there's the other way that's a little more subversive it's it's a little more you know making the organization a little more rails uh, friendly and that that's really the way that, that we've gone you know that first way is, is certainly valid and it's and it's basically you know making Ruby a little more enterprise whereas we're trying to make the uh, the enterprise a little more rails um, you know, we we definitely try to do as many things as possible the Rails way so we can get the benefits of the uh, convention over configuration. Yeah, and I'd say on top of that, too, we did a little bit of the first. We didn't use it for any specific components of a larger project, but for some of our smaller projects that we had to do where nobody was really concerned with the development language or framework or platform, we used Ruby on Rails by choice and demonstrated how proficient and agile we could be using that as a stepping stone into convincing how well we could do it for larger projects. Can you talk about your applications that you've done? Uh, uh, were these greenfield projects, or did you actually, you know, kind of do the, the, the viral way where you kind of, you know, snuck up and, and whacked these other apps in the head and, and replaced them? Well, really, we, we had a, a combination of both. We were part of the Production Assurance Center, which is responsible for tracking uh, incidents and getting giving status updates on, on outages within the environment. We, we wrote that site in uh, PHP, and we filled a need that, that, that was currently unfilled. From then, we uh, did our auditing site, which was kind of the, the, the site that we used that, that got a little notoriety within the organization because uh, we mashed up two systems that everyone had to use, but no one could use them together, and no one could use either one very well. 
So we pulled information from our corporate risk management application as well as information from our corporate application repository and uh, you know filtered them together, mashed them up. And we, we know that there's uh, other people within J.P. Morgan, not just within Chase Retail Lending, that have been interested in, uh, in using it because it, it does definitely fill a need. And that's really how we got our foot in the door. Yeah, one interesting thing about the auditing website that we made is it's primarily a reporting database. We had to add some information, as Josh said, from two separate systems, so it was a little more than what was coming straight out of the application. But typically, when you think reporting, you think crystal reports, business objects, large packaged applications Actually, to be reporting. Yeah. Right, but we ended up using Ruby on Rails, and it definitely wasn't something dynamic where you could you know, customize a million different things to get your special report, but we gave reports that added value and really was a simple application that, as Josh said, um, gave us some notoriety and added a lot of value to the business. Right, and, and it was the information that they needed and, and just the, you know, and it was only what they needed. It, w- it was taking, a, you know, a, an application and, and listing some things. There wasn't much to it, honestly, but, but we did it in a month and a half. We, you know, we still refresh this on a daily basis. So, of course, hearing about rails in the enterprise is still somewhat uh, a rare uh, thing these days. What hurdles did you have to overcome to get rails into J.P. Morgan Chase? We, we flew under the radar for so long that I think that we got in the door and we were established before anyone knew it hit them. I really think that, you know, the hurdles that we had to overcome and that we, that we still, you know, have to overcome is really having the ICTO and GTI uh, people explain to them how Rails works, and it's more of a, a technical hurdle. I, I think there were some, you know, con- conventions inside the corporation that people really tried to, you know, press upon us that we really kind of fought against, I guess, in order to, to keep our our lightness and keep our agility. Yeah, and as Josh mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're the only development team under our little part of the business. So we're a new team doing new things, basically. Um, It's not like we're coming into an established team and saying, hey, let's scrap what everybody's been doing and, you know, make risk jumping to this new technology. But at the same time, we did have a lot of uncertainty, concern with support people because nobody's ever designed a server to run a Rails application. If we wanted WebSphere on our production server, you know, it'd be no problem. You know, they'd be able to build it like they've done thousands of times before. And anytime it's something that's been done before, people like it because they're not scared of something going wrong. We were in a, we were in a great position, really, to bring Rails into the enterprise, and thankfully there wasn't too much resistance. So how did you, or how do you still enlighten the upper management to the benefits you see Rails bringing to the enterprise? I think for the longest time, certainly my strongest skill within there was evangelism. And really, you know, I was very passionate when I talked to the upper management about what we were trying to do and what we were um, deciding to do with our latest application. And I just, I really pressed upon them. We were in a situation where, where we had to deliver within a certain amount of time frame, you know, or else. And I said, you know, look, you know, three months to make an application that serves 25,000 people, uh, I don't see how we can do this in any way other than Rails. Because we had demonstrated success with the audit site, you know, we were known as people that they got things done quickly. That's how they went through it. But I, I don't know that they would have gone for that had I not been passionate about saying, look, we absolutely positively can, can do this, you know, in this time frame with this technology. Yeah, one of the things along with that is Joel from Joel on Software has had a few blog posts recently about Ruby performance. Oh, really? 
And in response <laughs> to one of, one of his posts regarding Ruby's performance, David Hammeyer Hansen said that he would prefer to have free developer cycles over free CPU cycles. And as Josh said, I'd say that was our biggest advantage is somebody came to us and said, hey, we need this by this date. And we said, if you want the best app we can deliver, we need to use this framework because we're going to be more efficient. We're going to be able to make changes faster, stay more agile. And, you know, it's what we can deliver you the best product with. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. Bruce Tate's book from Java to Ruby came out about two months ago, three months ago. Right, right. I picked it up and, and I read it and I thought, I wish I had read it. I wish he had this three months ago because everything he talked about were, you know, we, you know, happen to have the exact same uh, thoughts and philosophies on it. And, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend that for any anyone, any manager who wants to learn more about uh, Ruby that, that's generally in a, in a Java shop. So what kind of insights can you give to bring Rails successfully into an enterprise company? What did, what did after the fact... You know, if you, if you looked back, what did you do right that really opened doors for you? Well, I, I, th- I think, as I said before, number one is evangelism. I, I really think that you need to have some, some senior management on your side, and really the best way to get that is through the passionate speaking about what you want to do. And I'm constantly talking to people about how we want to be innovative and how we want to uh, you know, we want to do this to make it good for the company. I mean, the company has to see value. If you're not providing value, then obviously they're not going to go with that technology most of the time. Getting the uh, senior management to buy in and also just, you know, they'll buy in when you provide value. And, and I think that's that's definitely one, you know, another thing that, that we've done is we've given, we've filled needs. You know, as far as some of the specific things that made, that uh, reduced some of the mm, FUD, if you will, you know, really documented our application, really um, sat down and, and, and talked with some of the uh, corporate environmental support people to really describe how, how, how it works. Yeah, and I'd say along with that, uh, one of our corporate terms is always the partner of choice. And we were fortunate enough to work with some people that were very open and innovative and wanted to stay on the leading edge and were willing to take some time to figure out how Rails app works. We run our app on Apache with FastCGI, and our server engineer, um, as we said before, never set up a Ruby on Rails app running FastCGI. So he was very open and easy to work with and doing something new, and that made it much easier. Yeah, he he was great. Uh, when we when we first started uh, working with him, you know, we, we we told him you know what our what our setup was. You know, he said okay. He, you know, sounded interesting to him. And I talked to him a week later. And he said, you know, I, I went home and I tried Rails out at home. And uh, he goes, I absolutely loved it. I think it's great. And this is a this is a guy that. Uh, he uh, worked on the Solaris kernel um, for his initial release, and uh, he was part of the uh, Perl DBI library originally, and just, you know, re- really sharp, but really open to doing things a different way, uh, not getting um, bogged down in process and project management just to have process and project management. And all the people that we've ended up working with, you know, once we got over their initial fears, uh, it's just been great. Yeah, and along with finding the people... One more thing to keep in mind is that it is a business, and every business is going to care about money. And really, for this project, as we said earlier, we have three developers. Um, We're writing code very quickly, making changes while keeping the application stable. We're running on Linux on a VMware environment, really outside of um, some engagement we needed from other teams in the bank to collect some data. I don't think we could have done this project much cheaper, and that's something that the business is going to appreciate. 
So use, enterprise usually means integration. I've actually been a, a, a contractor at, at JPMC and a big Java shop, a lot of .NET and pieces everywhere. Can you tell us about some of the integration that you needed to do for your, your, Rails, your Rails apps? When we started the project, Josh came to me and said, I want you to take care of the integration. And <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, that was a little scary at first. So we started out one step at the time. The first thing we had was an LDAP server that we needed to look up employee information. Um, for an access request system, you need to know who you're requesting access for. So really, um, it was pretty simple. At the time I worked on it, Ruby LDAP on Windows wasn't exactly easy. In fact, I never did get it to work, but fortunately we were on a Linux platform. So I installed the Ruby LDAP library, uh, OpenLDAP was already on the server, and literally within 15, 30 minutes, took a look at the Enterprise Ruby book, I was able to query the LDAP server and pull up as much details as we need. Um, we didn't need any authentication from it, but it was really very simple to do a lookup. So that was step one. Uh, some of our other integration points were feeds from other applications. And honestly, this was something that whether we were using Rails, PHP, or another development language, we did it the same way we would have otherwise. Um, we needed a list of all the applications that we're supporting by our Access Administration application. And that comes from our corporate repository of applications. And it comes as an XML feed that we load up in the database. And actually, our database guy takes care of a lot of that. And once it's in the database, we pull through Active Record, and really it's the process of getting a feed into a database. That didn't really affect us at all with integration. And a third point we had was authentication. We use a product, uh, NetTegrity's single sign-on. Basically what that does is it provides us with one authentication system that we can use across many applications in the organization. So as we're using several um, applications, Employees don't need to remember 20 passwords and that. They just have one login system. Um, well, that was already ready to go as an Apache module. Configuring it with Linux was a little bit of a challenge, and our server guy definitely helped out with that. But once that was done, the authentication was handled by the Apache module. If you weren't logged in, it redirected you to the corporate login page. When you are logged in, it works through the Apache request headers to send information back and forth. So in Rails, all we had to do was request.env, pull the attribute we wanted from the directory, and really that just became something that, again, no matter what we were developing with, um, I'm pretty sure most web development language, you can read the request headers. So um, while it was a challenge to set up on Linux, really Rails did not cause a problem with integration, and we were fortunate that it did end up being pretty easy to set up. Right. So, so what we have, you know, at the end of the day, is an application that's that uh, you know we're the application development team. So obviously we, we support the code base, but we wanted to be the system of record for the least amount of data as possible. And so, uh, you know, all the authentication information is handled by the uh, NetTegrity uh, SiteMinder. Um, all the employee information is fed from the corporate LDAP. Um, so really, at the end of the day, we're just responsible for just, the, you know, the uh, really just the foreign keys that we're uh, selecting back and forth. You know, we have our applications from the corporate repository. And, you know, I, I think that, that integration has not been a problem for us at all. I mean, that, that's not, that's really been the least of our concerns. Yeah, and on top of that, too, you hear talk all the time about keeping code dry. 
And we've really been able to keep our data dry, too, by keeping external data in external systems instead of replicating it. And really, integration has gone extremely well. Mm-hmm. What are some hurdles that came down um, you know, from, from kind of upper management while you guys were developing your Rails apps? Did you, did you hit any big hurdles, uh, you know, someone high up on the hierarchy saying, why is this not in Java? And how did you overcome those hurdles? Our biggest hurdles came from, from, from the data layer. You know, we're primarily uh, an Oracle shop. You know, obviously that would not have been our preference, but, um, you know, we, we definitely want to integrate as much as possible. And as it, as it stood uh, at the time, you could only access Oracle tables through uh, views and stored procedures. You, you could not... Uh, link up directly with the table. So that, that, that was one thing that, that we had to work through. And they also uh, sent us uh, five word documents with uh, corporate naming standards for columns and, and things like that nature that, you know, and, and really, uh, you know, we, we had some, I don't, don't want to say difficulty, but, you know, we had some, we had to have some conversations, you know, explaining to them, look, you know, with uh, with, with Rails, you know, if we name it this way, it's, it's going to be standard. Uh, you know, we're going to get all this extra functionality for free. You know, whereas, you know, if, if we have to change our column names, then, you know, we're actually writing more code to work around that. So I, I think, you know, common sense really won out in the end. Yeah, unfortunately, we talked about how great our server engineer was and being open to ideas. And really our database, our DBA guy was too, because he came to us and said, this is how it's done for databases. And we said, we'd like to do it this way. And we didn't get a yes right away, but we talked to him about how it worked, help him understand where our queries come from. And he became open to having an application that instead of only calling stored procedures, um, you know, was using a ORM to write queries. Yeah, and this was another another win for our evangelism efforts. There were a couple of really great articles on the Oracle website about hooking uh, Oracle up to Rails. You know, I, I sent those links to him, said, hey, you know, check it out. And, you know, he did. And, you know, I, I think that that was, you know, like he, he saw that this wasn't just some random people out uh, in the wilderness, you know, talking about new technology. We still get people that ask us what the site's written in, and we say Ruby on Rails, and we still get, what's that? I don't, I don't necessarily know what that means, but it, it's, it's very interesting to me that there are still people that, that wouldn't have heard of it. Now, uh, several months ago, you gave a presentation to the Columbus Ruby Grade uh, basically on your whole getting Rails into an enterprise and you remarked about the necessity of communication. And with, tonight you, you keep using the word evangelism. I think you mentioned continuous integration, write-ups in the corporate newsletter, blogging. And could you tell us about these and, and how they helped? Yeah, uh, we, we were, and, and I think we still are, the uh, first group to have a, a, a blog on the corporate intranet. I couldn't tell you how many people we have reading it or uh, the last time it was that we posted to it. But initially, we used it to send some feedback to the people for the audit site and say, you know, hey, we're going to, uh, you know, we were really trying to follow the, you know, some of the getting real philosophies about being transparent, you know, like, hey, we're going to restart the server at this time or this is what's going on, you know, and, and, and I think that was... That was new to people, and so, you know, like, that was kind of exciting, and, you know, we also thought it was very important that we did the continuous integration so that we could tell someone exact. you know, we could tell our boss at any time, you know, this is the state of the build, you know, and obviously we tried to never check anything in that, uh, 
that broke the build, uh, and we had a little uh, point system for it. Um, you know, we you know other tools that we really found valuable to communicate with management um, is our coverage um, that we that we've used to you know kind of share with people. You know, we're at uh, you know eighty five percent code coverage of uh, of our application with our units at unit and functional tests. I really gave demo after demo for people for for our application. Just really said you know here here. Uh, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're working on. It has a very uh, light, clean uh, interface. This is a this is an application, it, 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 and just so you know, this is a, an application we've developed that's going to do access administration provisioning as well as uh, employee recertification for um, applications. So this is an application. There's going to be quite a few people that, that are in it all day. So it's uh, you know we have some AJAX. Uh, you know, no self-respecting web 2.0 application. You know, can go without it. But you know, we we we. we we try to make a, a light interface that, that people can can just kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say, just enjoy using it. Yeah, and this is moving a little from evangelism to a level of service, but we installed the exception notifiable plugin. So anytime there's an exception and somebody's logged into our application, part of the email we get has a request headers. Well, because they're logged in through this NetTegrity SiteMinder, we know who got the exception. So before anybody even reports a ticket, we're able to reach out to them and say, hey, I saw you just got an error. And really, people are impressed by that level of service that developers are willing to work with them right away. And it's not like they're getting an error, logging a ticket, never knowing what's going on with it, having to follow up themselves. Um, so really, the level of service we've been able to provide on top of the evangelism has really helped our case. Yeah, definitely. They're pretty surprised that the developer is calling them when they receive an error not more than, you know, 20 seconds beforehand. So luckily that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> now, you guys have a number of firsts in J.P. Morgan Chase's uh, book of records. Can you talk about kind of, you know, the first that you have there? Sure. Within uh, retail lending, which would be 25-odd thousand people. Uh, we were the first uh, Linux server in production. We are also now the uh, first uh, Linux server in the virtual uh, VMware environment. Um, obviously, we're the first Rails application in the environment and uh, corporately supported to boot. Over in RailsConf Europe, uh, Dave Thomas quoted Martin Fowler, who said, if you can't change your organization, change organizations. Is there a point where you see yourself getting tired of the constant struggle and maybe, you know, out looking for a Rails-friendly organization? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, we're, we're receiving a lot of notoriety in the corporation for what we're doing, and I really think we're becoming a Rails-friendly organization at J.P. Morgan, you know, at least in, in, our, in our corner of it. I mean, I definitely appreciate the the sentiments to that, but I'm looking for challenges, and I'm looking for providing the best value to the business. And while I think that I'm still doing that, I'm 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 excited to stay there. Yeah, it's really interesting too because coming into a large corporation, a lot of people think, well, the company's huge. Um, you know, you just get lost in the swarm of people and projects and everything that's going on, but. Being the first team to use Rails and everything else that we talked about has been so exciting to bring that into a company as large as J.P. Moore and Chase for what we're doing that it really just makes our jobs fun. Have you gotten any interest from other Java programmers to come and join your team? I mean, uh, you, you have to be making someone jealous there. Yeah, I, I think we 
we have? We've kind of been, uh, you know, I don't want to say, uh, you know, felt out by by some people asking about what we're doing, asking uh, uh, about how we do it. We're very laid back in our in our style and. You know, there have been some people that are excited to know what we're doing, and, and really, I, I see our group, uh, you know, potentially growing. Yeah, I think it's going to have to grow along with the demand. Um, as we demonstrate more and more um, developing Agile and using Rails and what we can do, the more we show that, the more people want us to work on applications for them. We're in right now. We're in UAT for the uh, Access Administration application. We're going to start the uh, the pilot of it next Monday. Really, you know, we've only got more work lined up. Um, we've got, I know, several uh, large projects that are kind of waiting in the wings that have been waiting for us to finish this one to move on to. So, I mean, I would definitely say that J.P. Morgan is, is uh, at least in our corner of the world, is bought into our philosophy. Yeah, it's really only going to be a matter of time before somebody higher and higher up says, I want you guys to do what these guys are doing. So, And I, and I think we'll, we'll get to that very soon. Thank you uh, again for joining us on the podcast. And definitely good luck in the future. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks.